Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. And joining us now is broadcaster Dave Pash. He does play-by-play for ESPN College Football, College Basketball, and the NBA. He's also the voice of the Arizona Cardinals. Dave, thanks so much for joining us again on Unpacking It. How are you? You got it. I'm great, man. Looking forward to starting football season. Can't believe the summer's gone, but uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for the grind. Absolutely. Well, this is the, the busy time of year for you, for sure. And, and you mentioned the summer, and, and I was curious, how did the summer turn out for you? And, and I did notice on social media, it looked like you took a trip to Italy. So how was that? It was good. We, uh, you know, the summer, I, my schedule similar to a teacher where I'm pretty much crazy for eight or nine months. And then I get that three months to kind of reconnect with everybody. And it was good. We've had a lot of change in our, in our house and our family. We've got a second daughter going off to college today. So oh, man. It, uh, it was, it was a good summer, but uh, change is inevitable as we know, and it's here. So we'll see how. Ask me another month how I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, what what's your kind of approach as a dad as your kids go off to college? What's your mentality? How do you personally handle it? Well, I'm probably in a little bit better position than my wife. I think she's you know looking back and thinking, wow, how great uh, you know the, the her childhood was, and looking back on all the fond memories. And then thinking about all the things maybe we could have done differently. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm kind of in celebration mode, not uh, just for, you know, I'm not saying for us, you know, because she's out of the house, but uh, <laughs> for her, you know, it's a, it's a big, it's a big day. It's a big day for her. It's something she's worked hard for. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do in the next chapter of her life. So uh, again, I, you know, she's still here right now. So maybe after she's gone and I've had some time to think about it, I'm sure I'll feel differently and the, the emotions will, will hit, but you know, she's going to be in California, so she's not too far away, and I'm sure I'll see her a lot, but it'll be it'll be different, but I'm excited for her. Oh, uh, that's awesome. What, what school is she going to? So she's going to Biola, okay. Bible Institute of Los Angeles, yep. Our, our oldest daughter is going to be a senior there, so we're going to have two girls there uh, overlapping for my daughter's, oldest daughter is going to graduate in December, so they'll overlap for the one semester, which will be kind of neat uh, for them to be together at the same school and in college, and just knowing what a great experience has been for our oldest daughter at Biola. We're excited for our middle child to have some of the same experiences and be in a Christ-centered institution and be around a lot of different people with backgrounds that are diverse and, you know, get to uh, experience something that she's never done before. And that's being on her own and being in charge of her own life. I mean, she has been, she's, you know, an adult, but she doesn't have mommy and daddy to come home to at night. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. I'm sure she'll do great. Oh, that that's awesome. Well, I, two weeks ago, my wife gave birth to our first daughter. So I'm on the complete opposite end of the spectrum (laughs) for, for you. That's awesome. That's awesome. I I appreciate it. Everybody, everybody, it's so cliche, but it's so true because they told us, hey, it goes fast and enjoy every moment, embrace the good times and the bad. And 
you know, it does go fast. So just enjoy it, man. Oh, man. No, I appreciate that. And, and just holding her in my arms now and then thinking about, oh, I'm going to have to say goodbye. And she steps on a college campus maybe in 18 years. So, uh, so it's, it's wild to think. But, but that's cool. Both your, your daughters are, are off to, to college this fall together. Uh, we're talking with Dave Pash right now on Unpacking It from, uh, from ESPN, but also uh, the play-by-play voice of the Arizona Cardinals. And you're heading into your 18th season with the team and so what do you remember about your, your first year with them and, and how different did you feel then versus now, kind of right before the season starts? Well, my daughter, the, the middle child, the one that's going off to college today, was just a, a few months old oh, uh, wow. when we took this job and moved to Arizona. So, yeah, she's 18. So you think about uh, how long we've been out here in Phoenix and been a part of the organization. And, I'll, you know, so that, that's different, uh, the ages of my kids and also my, my hair. <laughs> I had a full head of hair back then. My wife looks the exact same. She has an age, but uh, I look a lot different. It's funny, uh, uh, just looking back at some of the old pictures that the team has of, of uh, when they hired me and uh, just seeing the difference. It's it's amazing to think how much time I've spent with the team and the, the highs and the lows. And last year was uh, probably as low in my 17 seasons. You know, I had experienced that was probably the worst one. Mm. Uh, so hopefully this year will be better i'm excited for not just this year but beyond uh, the moves that were made were made not just with this year in mind so i'm excited to watch kyler murray and cliff kingsbury over the next few years hopefully change football well that that's the anticipation for sure and so i guess first thought is on kyler murray now you've seen him up close and you're there for for preseason games and kind of been up and down a little bit but what have you maybe taken away just from training camp off season and and preseason he looked very good in preseason games number one and three, and in preseason game number two, he struggled a little bit, but it was clear that the Raiders were game planning for him, yep. and yep. the Cardinals were not game planning. So they were just out there calling plays. They really haven't shown much of their offense. Certainly the tempo has not been as fast as it's going to be against Detroit on September 8th, and he just looked good. His accuracy is something that I think I didn't realize uh, was at this level. I watched him last year on TV a lot. We had their game at Iowa State early in the year, and I also did one of his games when he was at Texas A&M. Just remembered him as an incredible athlete, but what stood out to me more than that has been his accuracy. Mm. He, it's, I've never seen a rookie come in and basically teach coaches the offense. Wow. You know, it's an offense that he knows more than the coaches do because you're talking about basically a college offense being used in professional football. I think it'll look similar to the Chiefs and the Rams. It's not going to be an all-out air raid Mike Leach offense. There will be concepts of that, but I think it's going to look similar to what we, we see in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes' runs because they use some of the air raid because Mahomes played for Kingsbury in college. So, you know, the one thing with Kyler is he's just you know, he's not very big. So what happens when he gets hit? Mm. What happens when he throws that pick six? I think he'll handle that adversity well. Uh, the physicality of the game, that's the one that no one's sure of because is he going to be like Russell Wilson? Is he going to be able to find ways to slide and avoid contact? He he tried in, in the game against the Vikings, preseason game number three, and he was late with his slide and he got hit. And I think he just doesn't realize yet how fast the defensive linemen are in the NFL. It's just so different. Mm. So he's he's learning on the go, but it's been, I think, 
pretty good so far. That's awesome. Dave Pash, our guest right now on Unpacking It, broadcaster with ESPN, as well as the Arizona Cardinals. And, of course, you mentioned Cliff Kingsbury coming in, first-year head coach. I'm curious to, to kind of hear your perspective on comparing him to Bruce Arians, who, who was the coach a couple years ago, of course, and, and just kind of this idea that, that Kingsbury has this, you know, he's a younger guy, a, a newer approach, and then Bruce Arians, who had been around the NFL for, for so long, and, and really he was getting his first opportunity to be the head coach of a franchise. Of course, he had that one year in Indy, but, uh, but just kind of, I know it's still early for Kingsbury, but, but any initial, I don't know, similarities or differences that, that you've seen just between those two and kind of the, 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 the different spectrums of, of those two? Well, it's interesting you brought that up. We were, you know, talking during the Vikings game about six, seven, eight years ago when the trend was hiring the guys that had been in the NFL as assistants for a long time. I know Vic Bangio just got a job in Denver, but, uh, you know, obviously this trend right now is to hire either disciples of Sean McVay or (laughs) offensive, young offensive play callers that are head coaches. Whereas when Bruce Arians was hired, Mike Zimmer was hired. They were two guys that had been around the NFL forever as assistant coaches. And other than the cup of coffee that he had uh, because of, you know, Chuck Logano's illness there in Indianapolis, unfortunately, other than that, B.A. didn't have any head coaching experience. Cliff Kingsbury does. That's the difference between him and Matt LaFleur and Zach Taylor. But obviously he doesn't have it in the NFL. So uh, and then you throw Steve Wilkes in there, who lasted just one year. But they went from Bruce Arians, who was outspoken, a gunslinger, an offensive guy who had been around the league, part of the old boys club, you know, had been in the NFL for 20 years, to Steve Wilkes, who had only been a coordinator for one year, who was a defensive coach, who was more of a disciplinarian, who was more not as colorful with uh, and during the interviews. Mm. And now you have Cliff Kingsbury, who's probably a combination of the two, Uh, He's a football junkie. Probably people don't realize how much tape he watches and how often he's in the office and how late he stays and how early he comes in. It's all about ball Mm. with Cliff. He's not as gregarious as B.A. and he's probably not as much of a disciplinarian as Steve. So I I think after the experiment with Wilkes didn't work out, they kind of found somebody in between. He's got a lot of um, the characteristics that Arians did and, and some that Steve had here as well. Oh, that, that's cool. No, I'm fascinated to, to see how that plays out. Dave Pash, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And, and another, I guess, comparison that I, I wanted to, to hear from you as well. Of course, the big story, Andrew Luck uh, retired and, and, and leaving the NFL. And then you're there in Arizona with Larry Fitzgerald who continues to come back year after year. He was drafted in 2004 and continues to be an impact player for the Cardinals. How would you compare just, I don't know, from your perspective, those two mentalities to where a guy wants to retire early and then a guy who just wants to keep playing as, as, as long as he can? Well, I think the, the difference is obvious, Bryce. It's the injuries. Larry Fitzgerald hasn't had any. He's had very minor issues. He's never missed a game. Mm. Andrew Luck had you know, injuries that were extremely debilitating, mentally draining. I've got a lot of friends that played in the NFL for a long time that, you know, are not handling retirement well because of the injuries they sustained. Some that didn't have any broken bones, but had major concussions. Some that had are continuing to have surgeries now because of the injuries that they played through when they were in the NFL. So I have no problem with Andrew Luck 
deciding that it was the right time for him. You know, Larry, I, if Larry doesn't get hurt, I wouldn't be shocked if he plays beyond this year. Yeah, He's under contract for just this year, but he's been reinvigorated. reinvigorated. I think the offense is something that's rejuvenating him because he sees a lot of balls mm. thrown his way. He caught 69 passes in a bad offense last year. What's to say he's not going to hit 80 or 90 because there are going to be a lot of opportunities for him in this offense. I think he's excited by that. He's had as good a camp as anybody on the team. He looks fresh. Wow. looks fit. So I think he's going to have a great year. That, that's, that's neat. I, I saw him play in college, and it's incredible to think back. Wow, that was so, so long ago, and he's still playing and still doing well. He's, uh, he's one of the best ever for sure. And, and to continue that, that conversation, uh, on the other side of things, Josh McCown did retire this offseason, and now he's come back and he's going to play with the, the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you think about that side of things? And I know you even have kind of a connection with Josh McCown because he, he started out in Arizona. Yeah, I got to know Josh really well when he was here, and it's amazing to think that I think we came in the same year when he got drafted in the third round out of Sam Houston State, mm. and I was taking the job as, as the play-by-play guy. So you think of where Josh was, and you know it was really funny. There was a play at the end of the 2003 season. They were playing the Vikings the last regular season game. If the Cardinals lose, they have the number one pick in 2004, and they're going to draft Eli Manning. And instead, Josh McCown throws a Hail Mary to oh. Nathan Poole on the last play of the game. <laughs> it knocks the Vikings out of the playoffs. It drops the Cardinals down to the third spot instead of the number one spot where they take Larry Fitzgerald. Uh-huh. Uh, it's funny how things play out. And in here, Josh, you know, they, they eventually found a successor to Josh and Kurt Warner, but Josh was here for a few more years. And then they drafted Matt Leidert and Josh had moved on. I think he was in Oakland at that point. Oh yeah, I remember when Mike Martz moved him to receiver mm. in Detroit. He's been, you know, he, he's done such a great job of hanging in there through the ups and downs of trying to make it in the NFL. He's had a very interesting career. Yeah. He's a great guy. I'm glad that he's back, and I hope he plays another few years. Yeah, no, his football story is one of the best ever. It really is. I mean, all the yeah. different stops and, 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 like you say, the different positions and, and different you know situations and scenarios that he's had over the years. Uh, it's incredible. So he's got, he's got a good opportunity, though, to be a backup in Philadelphia. That's a good team. Uh, Dave Pash, our guest right now on Unpacking It, uh, ESPN broadcaster, also the, the radio voice of the Arizona Cardinals, and, and we love talking sports and football with Dave, but we always love having him on to, to talk faith as well. And, and what I wanted to ask you about today was a, kind of a general topic, but, but just to get your thoughts on it, is, is prayer. What, what does prayer look like in, in your life? What have you learned about prayer uh, throughout your, your journey following Jesus? I've learned that it's a necessity. It's something that I can't live without. I've tried. You know, there are days where you're either too tired to pray or you feel unworthy to pray or you feel like you don't need to pray because you're busy or, you know, things worked out well yesterday, so I don't need to pray today. And I've just learned that you can't pray enough. Mm. And it doesn't always have to be a sit-down, 30-minute face on the floor. It can just be throughout the day, you know, before, you know, right when you wake up, right when you're eating lunch, at night, just praying without ceasing, Mm. as Scripture tells us to do. And again, it doesn't always have to be the most eloquent prayer. God knows our hearts. It's, It's just communication 
and just remembering that it's a it's a channel of trust, right? It's a it's a channel of trust between you and the Lord, and so I have to do it, and I don't do it enough. Mm. Uh, even if I did it, you know, more, it still wouldn't be enough. Mm. So it's just a constant reminder uh, for me to just stop and pray uh, at all times, um, even when it's about nothing, even if it's just a way to communicate with God and just uh, let him hear your heart. No, I, I love it. I appreciate that. And and even as I was preparing and, and thinking about just asking you uh, about it, it kind of hit me that your role as a, a play-by-play guy, that there's a similarity in that you've got to know when to be quiet and to let your analyst jump in. And, and so on the flip side of things, not only is it us you know, talking to God and sharing our heart with him, but it's also listening. So what about that side of things? And, and is that a fair enough comparison to your, your role as a play-by-play guy? Yeah, you know, it, it is. I think it's, it's interesting to bring that up. Just thinking about, you know, our role in prayer. And I know I do way too much talking and not enough listening. Uh, hopefully I'm better in my job than I am in my prayer life when it comes to <laughs> listening. Yeah, I think, you know, when it comes to reading scripture too, that's, you know, obviously how God speaks to us and allowing God to apply it to our lives and, you know, being open to opening our Bibles with our, our theology already, a preconceived notion of, hey, here's my theology, and this is how I'm going to read this scripture today, as opposed to, okay, God, just tell me what this is and how it applies to my life. And yeah, that's just as important. Uh, you can't have one without the other. You have to have, you know, you have to be in the Word and you have to have your prayer time and you know, we're all busy. We all can make excuses for why we don't do either or don't do both. But mm. I've learned because I've made the mistake of trying to make it three days without doing either that it's it's just way too important to, to not pray and to not be in the Word. No, no question. Dave Pash, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And with that said, what, what have you been studying recently? What, what have you been learning? What, what's been on your heart? Well, I think one thing that I have been challenged by as, as, as being kind and compassionate to others. I think because my mind goes a hundred miles an hour and I could probably pack up my day with a thousand different things and still have the energy at the end of the day to, to, to do a hundred more, uh, that I can't have the same expectation from other people. Uh, there are people that, you know, I, while I can, again, just, go from one conversation to the next or one project to the next without batting an eye. There are other people, whether it's family members, uh, immediate family members, people you work with, there, there are other people that, you know, do things differently. They live their lives differently. They see things differently. It doesn't mean they're wrong and you're right. It doesn't mean that you're wrong and they're right. Uh, just you have to learn to appreciate and accept people uh, for how God created them. And so, uh, I, I think God's been teaching me about being kinder and more compassionate to people who are different, mm. uh, even if they're, again, in my family, just trying to love them where they are and not put my expectations on them and, and not try to have them live up to my standard, um, but just see them as God sees them, which is very hard to do, but I think it's something he wants from all of us. That, that's right. There's that, that perspective of, of love. I, I like that. And, and especially for you, because you travel so much, you're interacting with a lot of different people and people from different cultures and cities and, and all that sort of thing. And, and, and I was going to ask you just about life on the road. What, what does the word accountability mean to you? And, and just kind of even in light of your role and, and, and being on the road? Well, accountability is everything. Uh, we have to ultimately, we know who we answer to, and we can't fool him. 
we try, and we all do, and think that, oh, we can you know, live our lives a certain way or compromise in a certain area and think that, you know, it's okay. But uh, ultimately, you know, God knows our hearts and uh, we can come back to him when we've, when we stumbled and fallen, but we, we need to be accountable because people are watching us as well. It's not just that God sees everything. It's that, that the people we're around, they see, and we want to try to represent Christ to them and love them and be genuine, let them see our flaws, um, but also try to, to live righteously and you know reflect god to them and it's something that uh you know we can we can preach we can uh share scripture but but ultimately uh they're going to want to see how we live our lives and that's something that you know i think i probably learned the hard way i think you and i probably had this conversation previously Mm. when i became a believer I, i was in your face and i was all about preaching the gospel but there was no love there was no grace there was no kindness or compassion and so I've just tried to make sure that, you know, if I'm having a conversation with a friend that I'm first kind and compassionate and interested in them mm. and building a relationship, not trying to quote, win a soul, mm. uh, because God is, he's in the relationship business and he wants to, to love everybody. He, lo- he does love everybody. He wants to, a, a deep relationship with every, every man and woman he's ever made. Uh, that should be my thought and my perspective as well. Hey, I'm just the conduit. I'm just someone that, that God is using wherever he's got me to try to reflect him to the world. So uh, it's a big responsibility for us, and, and we're accountable to God for that. that. That's right. And we can rest in knowing that, that God's the one that wins the souls. And and ultimately, people, they're looking to see, okay, has, has this person's life been transformed because of Jesus? And if so— then that that becomes something that is intriguing and interesting because so many people are 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 you know just in pain and searching and and wondering how do I fill the void in my life and if we say hey we we've met Jesus we know Jesus he's changed my life but it's got to be evident otherwise it it just if it yeah. fa- falls on deaf ears so um so that's a that's a good word from uh, from Dave Pash here on unpacking it and and I was reading a little bit about you and, and read that you end up going to speak with people who are incarcerated. So so what does that look like, and, and what do you go and, and share when, when you uh, when you do that? Yeah, it's something we do every summer. Okay. We go down to Florence, Arizona. Uh, me, Ron Wolfley, Bertrand Berry, both uh, Ron and Bertrand played uh, in the NFL, and both are part of the Cardinals broadcast team. And it's something that uh, I started doing with, with Wolf. Boy, it was probably 10 or 11 years ago, uh, maybe even longer than that. And Bertrand's gone with us the last few years. There have been other people during that time frame that would go down there with us. And it's just an opportunity to fellowship with the guys that are incarcerated and show the love of Christ. Uh, sometimes, I would say most of the time, we go in there. And they're the ones that inspire us. Wow. And it's kind of fun to go back and, you know, get to talk to people that you've been able to develop a little bit of relationship with. You know, we're not there very long when we go. Uh, we'd love to be there longer. I think we, it's something we'd love to, to do more often, too. It's just, you know, it's hard with our schedules. But we get to go and share and give our testimony, teach the Bible, and fellowship. Hmm. And the fellowship part is the best part. Uh-huh. And just seeing uh, you talk about transformation, seeing transformed lives, mm. you know, uh, behind bars. No, that's that's incredible. So, yeah, I was going to ask you what what it, how do they inspire you? So, what what are some examples of how they inspire you? 
Well, I, I always like to say that they, they live their lives the way we should, all of us should, as if we have nothing else but our relationship with God. Mm. You know, they don't have as many of the distractions as you and I have that we're blessed to have, obviously. I'm sure those are distractions that, that all those men would love to have. You know, we go in there and these just watching how they worship and just their joy mm. and the love they have for God and for other people and for those in there that don't know Christ. I mean, it's, it's incredible to see. So that's inspiring. And it just is a good reminder of, hey, we're, we're all supposed to live our lives this way, as if God's first and everything else uh, is secondary, mm. uh, distant second. So uh, that is a way that they inspire me when I go. Oh, that, that's awesome. That's that's grace on, on full display right there. That's that's very neat. Well, well, Dave, always love catching up with you and, and really appreciate you coming on the show. L- last question, as you look at the, the schedule for the fall, whether it's college football or, or the NFL with the, the Cardinals, is there a game or two that you've circled that you're really excited about? Well, we only know our f- first two college football games, so it's kind of hard to say You know how things will play out. We've got Florida State, Boise State, and BYU-Tennessee. Uh, to kick off uh, college football. Uh, I, I'm just looking forward to getting started with college football and to see on the NFL side what this offense looks like, you know, how Kyler Murray does in the NFL, because, you know, if this works, it's it's going to be interesting, right? Patrick Mahomes and what he did a year ago, uh, I think has a lot of people intrigued and also Sean McVay, but I think has a lot of people intrigued with this this kind of new NFL. And is this something that's going to last? Is Mahomes going to be the last guy or is he going to be the first? Mm. So that's what got, that's what has me interested is is can Kyler Murray not only succeed in the NFL but can he help change the NFL which if he does what I think a lot of people think he can do, he might no, that's exciting. You, you've got a fun, fun season in, in store. So, so enjoy it and, and really appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Unpacking It and, and always love having you on the show. So I, I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, Bryce. You got it, man. Awesome. Thanks. Have a great year. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much. There's Dave Pash joining us here on Unpacking It. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.